0: Welcome to How We Win. All over the country, people
1: are doing extraordinary things and action is the best antidote for anxiety.
0: Today, we are making this space to celebrate the imminent confirmation of the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court, Ketanji Brown Jackson.
1: And joining us for our interview is teacher, activist, strategist, and organizer, Reggie Hubbard. He doesn't tell us his reason for hope today. Instead, he gives us and you a pathway to finding our own.
0: I'm Steve Pearson.
1: And I'm Mariah Craven. And
0: And this this is is How We win. Win. Deep. Happy spring, <laughs> happy first day of spring, and all the pollen that it brings. <laughs> the best
1: antidote to my allergies <laughs> is hopefully this Claritin will kick in eventually. I'm struggling in the meantime. I'm so <laughs> you sorry. You sound <laughs> great.
0: You sound great. You've got gravitas to your <laughs> voice. It's very. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> a very positive way of of hearing my nasally gravelly punched in the throat voice right now
0: you sound great and i'm excited as i am every week to be here uh talking about the week with you and um extra excited for this episode i, th- I really feel like it's going to be a very helpful episode to mm, our yeah. listeners reggie hubbard uh is a friend of our show we had him on gosh it was, uh, over a year ago you know, um and definitely a fave a fave. We've done uh, some panels with him too. He's he's a really mm-hmm. important voice in this community. He used to work for Move On. He worked for the Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, and now he's really dedicated his life's work to helping activists uh, better sustain themselves for the, mm-hmm. you know the work that we have, and um, and that. I'll just say this is what I need. It's been a, a challenging um, time for me personally and right. uh, and for all of us looking at, at the world. So uh, I'm grateful for him and, and I can't wait for everyone to hear what he has to say.
1: Yeah, great interview. Um, but first, I'm really excited for you to sort of kick off the what's happening now segment of this episode it's a follow-up to this is why people have to stick around and listen to the entire podcast because you had such an incredible reason for hope last week and that comes at the end of the episode and and now you're kicking us off with an update
0: yeah, last week, if you if you missed last week's uh, Reason for Hope from me, I was highlighting a really incredible story of one Ukrainian family's uh, refugee story coming out of the Ukraine, getting out of the Ukraine. And my uh, brother-in-law, um, he was able to, by reaching out on Facebook and reaching out to his community uh, and um, colleagues – Also, members of his family, his kids reached out and and helped out too. They were able to hook this family up and and get them out of the Ukraine. um, And under really obviously harrowing and dangerous circumstances, Uh, I encourage people to listen to the breakdown of the story, but I wanted to share an update. Um, Melinda, my wife, reached out to uh, this woman on, uh, and I'm not naming any names. I want to keep, keep their identities anonymous, but mm-hmm. reached out via email just to let them know that you know we are thinking about them and here and supporting them. And, um, and she got this letter back from her. I'm going to read this email from her. We are very delighted to have your support. Every day we meet new friends who give us kindness, hospitality, and real help. I am impressed by your unity and your willingness to help us. Over eight years of Russian aggression, we did not feel such support and already thought that the world had turned away from Ukraine. But it is not the world that has turned away from Ukraine. It is the leaders of some countries who do not want to see what is happening. It was a difficult decision to leave the house I was used to, my husband, my favorite dog, the city where I was born and lived, When we left, it was a feeling of uncertainty. None of us have ever been abroad. Now I know exactly how much ordinary people almost all over the world are willing to help Ukrainians and share with us this feeling of great injustice. I'm very grateful to you, your family, Bob's whole family, his co-workers, and all the people who support and help us. I really want to hug Bob's whole family and all the friends who help and support us. When we were in Ukraine, we heard about the strong support of people from civilized countries, but I did not believe this is possible. It really feels strongly here, and we are treated well. We are helped by everyone who knows us and who meets with us for the first time. Me, my mother, my daughter, my niece, we all send you our gratitude. It is very interesting to discover the world and see it from a completely different angle. Mm-hmm. Your kindness inspires and gives us the strength to move on. Oh. So I, I wanted to highlight that again and give that update um, I, I shared with you, uh, I wish I had a good way to share this video with our listeners, um, a video they sent when they found that they, uh, they had gotten a flight to, they're going from Budapest to Croatia now where someone has a place for them to stay. And they sent this video of them all dancing in this hotel room, um, doing these crazy fun dances and, uh, full of joy. Joy. And, and it's just really inspiring once again, to see, um, these slices of great humanity in the face of such inhuman acts.
1: Well said. And thank you for sharing that. And I'm just, I've been thinking about them since you shared their story, as I know so many of our listeners have, um, and, uh, it's incredible that they're together and, and safe and um, hope, hopefully they'll be reunited with a husband and, and, and dog soon as well.
0: Yeah. Um, and it brings it home. Sorry yeah. not to kind of go on about this. It, it brings it home to hear one story. Of, of course, this is a story. Um, uh, one of three and a half million refugees now who right. have left Ukraine and half of those being children. And this is a story of what you can do when you reach out to your networks so that you can actually right. make an impact, but uh, a lot are not so lucky. So um, uh, we're grateful for every bit of good news that we can get out of that that horrible situation.
1: Um, yeah, the numbers are, are staggering. Three million people have left the country, 10 million people um uh, have been displaced from their homes. Um, it's yeah. it's hard to imagine. Um, so thank you for sharing a, a hopeful story in all of that, and a, a reminder that there there is so much more work to do. Both as that we can do as individuals. Clearly, Melinda reaching out with it's the supportive message had a big impact. Um, mm. You know, getting a flights and places to stay has a big impact. Um, you know voting for people who are going to um, acknowledge the refugee crisis that is getting worse worldwide. Yes. Um, instead of, you know, there are some folks running for Senate right now who even even as we're seeing stories like this, they're saying, oh, we need to crack down on immigration. Um, right. We're, we're just going to have more of this, whether it's, you know, this is an extraordinary conflict, but we also know that, Due to conflicts all over the world and climate change, um, we, we've been in the midst of a refugee crisis for a very long time. And uh, this is all the more reason to, to a- address that. So thank you
0: for and, and And a really great point that you make, too, uh, and that we've talked about and you've made before as we see um, immigration policies and asylum uh, policies open up for these uh ukrainian asylum seekers it's a good reminder of um the lack of compassion for uh central american asylum seekers who are fleeing uh violence and uh, and poverty and uh, very dire circumstances too so um yeah yeah you can
1: hold you can hold a place in your heart for both and express just tremendous and great sympathy for what Ukrainians are going through. And we're also at the same time. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that we had border patrol, like literally chasing Haitians down on horses at our at our border. That's so right. um, to, always an opportunity to for some intro, introspection and reflection of of what we're doing and ask ourselves uh, w- the empathy that we feel for for these women and children that you just talked about, um, or or can we, can we feel it for others? Can they be an example of the, the kind of um, open heartedness we can share with others? So,
2: yeah.
0: Very well put.
1: Big news here in the U S this week is the um, confirmation hearing for judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, who will be, our next Supreme Court justice will be mm-hmm. the first Black woman Supreme Court justice. But we we kind of figured that the confirmation hearing might go the way it
0: has, you know. It's been a great opportunity for some super racist grandstanding on a national televised yeah. stage. So yeah. uh, nice, nice for uh, people to show us who they are, lest we forget who they are. We were talking about this a little bit, actually, with Reggie when we had already signed off from our interview um, about Senator Josh Hawley right. and uh, and his disgusting, um, you know, belligerent and seemingly really stupid attacks on Judge Jackson. But, you know, a reminder that he went to Yale. And uh, as much mm-hmm. as what he says is dumb, he's not a dummy. You know, you have to take uh, their words as intentional. And strategic. They, they say what they mean. They say it on purpose. And they're saying a lot of really hateful, uh, divisive stuff, which, uh, you know, we talk about a lot is part of this stirring up culture wars, trying to divide us as a country and, um, and playing to their most disgusting base of voters.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and and Reggie reminded me that Holly is not being ignorant. He's a smart person. He is intentionally, and all of them, all of of the Republican senators who have turned this into a a debacle are being very intentional. You know, Lindsey Graham asking her about her faith and asking her, you know, uh, how how dare you, basically saying, how dare you defend Gitmo prisoners and things like that. And, you know, and every, like, Every rational person knows your faith doesn't matter in the and should have no impact on this decision. And that you know the backbone of our justice system is that everyone is entitled to representation in court, no matter what they've done. Like 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 being assigned to somebody and defending them as a public defender. She was a federal public defender. Right. Um, that's her. That's her job. like that's the only reason our justice system works. What they're doing, they know this. So what they're doing is, like you said, playing to their base so that their base who may be not who may not be as knowledgeable, is, uh, you know, suddenly asking questions. And you know, on the first day of the, the confirmation hearings, Senator Marsha Blackburn, she did what's called showing mm. her whole ass. She was so ridiculous. <laughs> and and but but she's taking a page right out of the playbook that we're gonna see in the days leading up to November, where she's getting outraged about um trans rights, parental rights, CRT, the 1619 project, progressives, Soros, Soros prosecutors being soft on crime, and that's their agenda. Like all the stuff that we're just gonna get so tired of hearing about, they just launched into on day one. And she took a whole bunch of things that were out of context and tried to pin them on um Judge Jackson. And it's like, you know, to 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 quote my cousin Vinny, it doesn't hold water. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I-
0: I think that um, my cousin Vinny would make a great (laughs) Supreme Court justice someday, too. Um, He's he's earned consideration. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, she is so qualified. And that's another thing that – Rightfully so. We talk about how uh, amazing it is that she would be the first black woman uh, to be a Supreme Court justice, but also the first public defender to be a Supreme Court justice. Um, and, and the fact that there's been no public defender sitting on the Supreme Court ever no. is is really remarkable. And as you said, the foundation of our legal system is that everyone is entitled to a defense uh, that goes, you know, pre-Constitution, you know, with the colonies. It goes back to John Adams defending the British soldiers in the uh, Boston massacre. Uh, so for, for them to be attacking, attacking her for being a public defender and for her work with the uh, Gitmo detainees is, um, is ridiculous. And, and I think it's it's really going to be a a great perspective to have someone who has been in that position on the Supreme court. I'm I'm very excited uh, for her imminent nomination. Yes.
1: And and I think that you hit on the bottom line, which is that she's extraordinarily qualified and will be an important voice for a very long time. I just feel bad for her that she has to sit in front of those clowns and Answer God, she's handled she's
0: it so. Yeah. She's handled it so well. I saw her like mm-hmm. talking about the child porn cases oh and that, and she, wow, she really handled it so well. But you just saw like the burning, seething, <laughs> you know, <laughs> behind her eyes, like she was not happy to be answering those questions, but she did it with grace and and um, uh, and really well, but. Unlike some people who are
1: recently confirmed who <laughs> lost th- his damn mind under <laughs> <laughs> under basic questioning, but in any event, the week's um, not
0: over yet. She still might talk about how much she likes beer. I don't. I don't know. I need to know that. I don't. If anyone's asked her if she likes beer or not, but I want to know if she likes beer. All right. Well. Something tells me that it'll be, it'll
1: still be a mystery when all of this is over, but okay. we'll see. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is since we were talking on the subject of criminal justice systems and justice in general, mm-hmm. Russia weaponizing its criminal justice system. The thing that I really wanted to talk about with this though is this um, WNBA superstar, Brittany Greiner, who has been in Russia, Russian custody For weeks now, um, I'm gonna read uh, something from the Washington Post editorial board. Even in peacetime, Russia's judicial system is opaque, notorious for sham trials, and subject to political manipulation. In wartime and with US-Russian relations at their worst moment since the Cold War ended, it is a hostile and dubious forum for WNBA superstar Brittany Griner to find justice. Brittany, because of how little side note, because of how little WNBA stars are are paid right. in the U.S., many of them play overseas. She's been playing in Russia during the off season. She is a black woman. She is the first openly gay athlete sponsored by Nike. Um, this is not a friendly environment that that she's been playing in. But she was arrested last month at the airport after customs officials allegedly found um, vape cartridges containing hash oil in her carry-on luggage. Nobody has um, seen or heard from her in weeks. I think it's safe to say at this point that um, Brittany Greiner is being held as a political pawn and um, The U.S. should be demanding her whereabouts, should be demanding her release, should be demanding that someone from the consulate there be meeting with her regularly. Um, My guess is that uh, Russia is going to have some some pretty big demands in order for that to happen. And this is something that that we all need to be aware of. And most importantly, we need to know how she is being treated as she's being detained.
0: It's... Yeah, it's shocking that we don't hear more about about this, and um, I'm not sure exactly how how we get this more to the forefront. Um, but I, I would recommend that people do what we always suggest they do, um, and that's to contact their representatives um, yeah. and make sure that that this is at the forefront of their mind. Uh, these kind of calls will get through, by the way. Um, you know, a lot of times when I mean, all the calls get noted. It's important that you contact your representatives right. because, um, because they all, tally up on support of issues and blah, blah, blah. But I would sadly hazard a guess that there's not a lot of people calling their representatives on her behalf. So these will get noticed and uh, and noted if you call your representatives. Other than that, um, definitely she's being held as a political prisoner. And it's scary that we haven't heard from her in a few weeks. I hope she's okay. Let's make some calls and make sure that uh, Brittany Greiner is, um, is okay and is brought home
1: uh, yeah, that's a, a great suggestion. I hadn't thought of it, but you know what? I'm gonna call my senators. You know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> Start with John Cornyn. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think this is this is something that that we could all agree on.
0: I think we can actually. I think that this is a good opportunity to call Republican senators. You yeah. know, I mean, this is they, they need to go on record with this. Yeah, they really uh, a can. lot of them are backtracking. They've been supportive of Russia. They've been friends to Russia. They've been unsupportive of the Ukraine. There's been a you know Republican Trump administration led campaign to weaken the Ukraine at the behest of Putin. It's all very clear right now. But you see these Republicans backtracking on that, and now is the time to take advantage. Of of that and uh, and have them call in some favors with their uh, Kremlin cronies and uh, and make sure that this woman gets home safely. Let's talk about your hero of the week. Um, my hero of the week this week
1: is seven-year-old Amelia Anisovitch. Sorry, sorry, Amelia. Um, <laughs> there's a video of her that went viral she was in a bunker with her family and she was singing let it go from frozen she was singing it in ukrainian Mm -hmm. but it was still very recognizable of course her family was able to escape to poland um she sang at a benefit on sunday night Uh, She sang the Ukrainian national anthem in front of an arena full of people, said it was her dream come true. Wow! This benefit raised over a million dollars for Ukrainian refugees. So little Amelia for, you know, keeping everyone's spirits up and raising, helping raise all that money. She is my hero of the week this week. I love that. Yeah. You have already given us something productive to do this week. Any, anything else on your to-do list?
0: Yeah, let's talk about our to-do list. Um, and uh, you call as we said, let's call our representatives and, and make sure we get Brittany Griner home. Um, also, I wanted to highlight um, the website of our guest coming up, Reggie Hubbard. It's activepeaceyoga.com. We will have a link in our show notes to that. You know, we really want you to take care of yourself. This is a tenuous uh, and difficult time for all of us, and we have a lot of work ahead. And we're gonna talk about that with Reggie and and his practice and helping us with all of those things and, and helping us find hope even when we're not feeling especially hopeful. Mm. Uh, so uh, so we want people to go to his website, activepeaceyoga.com, sign up for one of his classes, take care of yourself right now during this difficult time for all of us.
1: Yeah, you can also reach out to him and add, like ask for, I, I think you can reach out to him and ask for help and support. He'll, he's yeah,
0: he'll, he'll help
1: you out, he's great to talk to. Um we are going to hear from him in just a second and then stick around for our reasons for hope.
0: A former political director at MoveOn and a Bernie Sanders for President staffer, Reggie Hubbard is currently the founder of Active Peace Yoga. Reggie has taught members of Congress, congressional staff, major labor unions, leading progressive organizations, and individuals from all walks of life simple tools for managing stress and bringing peace to mind, body, and spirit. That is what we all need. Yeah. Maybe I'm saying me, especially right now, but I think all of us especially, need that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Reggie, my friend, thank you so much for coming back to how we yeah. went and being, being yeah. here with us again.
2: Uh, I'm delighted to be back in touch with y'all. Like that interview, I still remember it. it was, it was just one of the great experiences of my, of that era of my life. Um, because, you know, let's just be honest. The interview man. with,
0: the interview with us was one of your great well, experiences.
2: I mean, <laughs> well, and, and, and here's why, because like, I was seeking to speak more. Right. I was I was I was I was the lobbyist on the Hill political director. I didn't get a chance to talk much. And Mm. um, like that was one of the um, entrees into like I'm now a speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the entrees into my voice, which has allowed me to be of service to thousands of people, not only in terms of inspiration, but in terms of healing. So I wanted this, in this season of spring, I want to give gratitude to y'all, um, oh, for helping me like nurture and nourish something that's been a skill to help a lot of people in these crazy times.
0: That's amazing. I didn't realize Incredible. that because because I got to know you from uh, these grassroots organizing calls that Speaker Pelosi uh-huh. then. Uh, you know, leader Pelosi, this was even uh, before the midterms, right, Um, was was organizing and you were speaking as a representative of move on on those calls. And I was always really like blown away by your presentations and your and your presence and was one of the people who I was excited to talk to when we launched this podcast. So who knew? (laughs) uh, yeah,
2: that was internal, right? So like, like, this was the mm -hmm. first external, like, that was like family speak. Um right. and like rallying the troops and those sorts of things. Like this was like external to like the movement um and, and the people, yeah. um, which was which which is great. So Mariah didn't mean to cut you off. What's going on? No,
1: no, no. I I, <laughs> I I wanted to hear that. And it was uh basically leaping into my my question, which is since the last time you spoke to us, mm-hmm. you have taken a sabbatical where you were just describing it as you were. Reconnecting with the Reggie that you were before you did all of these incredible movement based things. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you reintroduce yourself to us by telling us what mm-hmm. you found out? Who are you right now?
2: Yeah, mm. I am a teacher. I'm a healer. Uh, I'm someone who views activism as sacred and not a battle. A, that activism is art. It's a chance that we have to recreate and reimagine the world in our image, as opposed to those in, in, in terms of the image of the best of vested interest. Mm. Right. So like that, that excites me. Right. That, you know, whereas a lot of people view this as a grind, Yo, we get mm. to recreate and reimagine the world, right? Mm. Like um and it sucks to watch um systems fail it sucks to watch like the baser natures of human instinct take rise but you know what's better than the baser instincts of human nature the better angels and so like we get a chance to like allow these angels to when when baser instincts rise that is like it's it's a declarative statement for the angels to rise and so for me as teacher and healer i get to hold space for the angels to rise um in direct defiance to the baser instincts of human nature
0: Mm. i love that um we say on this show uh, that action is the best antidote to anxiety. I'm struck by the phrase for your practice, um, active peace yoga. It, yeah. it reminds me of the phrase, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, as an activist yourself, I take it you chose that name for your practice for similar reasons?
2: Yeah, well, well, beautiful question. Shout out to my Christian heritage, right? Like the, I felt <laughs> like I was back on Sunday service because we talked a lot <laughs> about that when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> so it's two things. One, a- activism and organizing is part of who I am. Like mm. it's, it, it is like encoded within my DNA. Mm. Um, and most people think peace just happens. You know, peace is a practice. You have to choose peace, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've been in, especially as a black dude in the United States, I've been in situations where people throw shade or hate or both. And I could respond by being you must I could respond that way, but I <laughs> choose peace. Like peace is an action, right? Yeah. And You know, and so that's like from the political space, like, you know, you can choose anger, you can choose peace. But from the wellness community space, because I'm in this interesting space where I'm at the intersection of like global well-being and like social change, just like me and two other people. Um, In the (laughs) wellness community, um, this like yoga with Reggie, this ain't got nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? (laughs) These practices are thousands of years old. Um, And so I'm a a wisdom steward. I'm a steward of these traditions that I get to use them in service to our collective liberation from suffering. Mm -hmm. Right. So active peace is the goal. It's not yoga with Reggie. That's rooted in ego and anything rooted in ego dies. Anything rooted in spirit manifests and flourishes. Mm -hmm. Right. So like that's why active peace. Is, is a conscious choice. Um, one is an antidote in, in activist spaces because people want to like come hot and like, like heavy handed, as opposed to like choosing a peaceful response. You know, look at John Lewis, like John Lewis endured all sorts of things and chose peace. Right. right. So like it takes more strength to choose peace than to choose anger. Right. And it doesn't say you can't be angry, but use the wisdom of anger to inform a peaceful process. And then from the wellness community aspect, if I see one more damn, oh my goodness, everyone, we're gonna teach you down. down. Listen, it's not about the <laughs> it's not about the physical practice, it's about the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so it's that peace that I've been able to cultivate allowed me to stand like strong in the impeachment process, mm-hmm. in flipping the house. It's that peace that I offer through these practices um that has been beneficial to me that I seek to offer other people.
1: Mm. We talked in the intro about um all of the, 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 the diverse group of people that you work with, um, including um, some politicians that people would be very familiar with and activists. Mm -hmm. Um, What practices have you learned from them about self care in the face of pressure?
2: So pressure is a given, Mm. right? We all have it. We all have it. And what I learned, so the blessing of my teaching practice is that I was called upon to teach members in the in the 116th Congress, right? So their schedule would be like, yeah, so can we book you for this for our people, blah, 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 blah. I was like, shit, I got 20 minutes, right? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like I learned how to distill wellness into a bite-sized chunk mm-hmm. and then allow you to digest it um most people in wellness spaces are like oh over the next 75 minutes yo, i got 20 minutes i got 20 minutes to make sure deb holland and her staff get what they need so they can continue doing their job or, or those sorts of things right so i learned from them how to distill this in a way that gives you maximum benefit with minimal time investment
0: wow um well we've we've kind of skirted around your practice we have a lot of work ahead of us to prepare uh, for and mm-hmm. it can be exhausting to stay engaged and i was excited to have you come on right now too because you know i mean as we watch the horrors of the ukraine yep. and all around the world struggle with the horrors in our own country we can feel overwhelmed we can feel defeated we experience survivor's guilt yeah, um sure. you know we're in a, a mental health crisis in this country Thank uh, you that we've that. been talking about a lot too um because the pandemic has exasperated that um, our divisions as a country have made that uh, even harder and both of those things have made the inequities in our country so much in our society so much more apparent mm-hmm. so um, you know we're in we're in a crisis right now uh, you've talked a lot about your practices to deal with all of this so can you share what some of those practices uh, for uh, self-care for activists or just engaged humans are?
2: Yeah. So one of the first meditations I taught. So active peace yoga um, was launched two years ago in the pan, like right at the start of the pandemic, because when the pandemic hit, um, I responded like this right like super mellow I was like oh this is happening you need to wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. That, that that
0: was a that was a blank stare for those yeah, who are, yeah, are, yeah. are listening <laughs> and for those of you who
2: can't hear right blank blank or, right, right, or can't <laughs> see uh, my audio um right. yeah so i respond like not blank but just like hmm this is happening. Um and then I looked around and everyone was like freaking out and I was like, Oh this is interesting, right? You know what I mean? This is what the books talk about. This is that piece that in in, in yoga parlance is called Shanti. So like peace, not like peace and love, but like peace as a foundation um i was like this is what they talk about so i have to figure out ways to share this with folks as, as as everyone starts to melt so one of the first meditations i taught was just because things are crazy externally doesn't mean that you have to take that on and that isn't a dis- that isn't to be disassociative it's to mm-hmm. see it and have space for that so life is not either or many times life is both and Mm -hmm. Right. So I taught a class last night um, celebrating the spring, the the, the vernal equinox, where I was like, you know, do you think the trees um, are worried about Vladimir Putin? You know, do you think those robins that are um, eating in the field are worried about him? So like life is our human experience, but there's a natural order that supersedes human experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the sun also rises, right? So like we can't allow ourselves to be so focused on the negative to the detriment of the positive. We need to figure out ways to hold space for both. And so meditation and yoga um, practice have given me the opportunity to hold space for both. So an example of my personal life is yes, in the wrong time, at the wrong time, in the wrong neighborhood, I can be jacked by the cops, right, Um, as a black dude. But, you know i also am a trilingual graduate of yale university um who's on a first name basis with many members of congress and people in the white house right, right? Mm-hmm. so it's both yeah both. and holding space for both gives you what in in, in spiritual practice is called equanimity mm-hmm. right so like the balance is not like holding tree pose on one leg for five minutes like it's the balance of holding space for both so like in the world as it stands now it's So, yes, war. Yes, pandemic. And it, what positive is also happening? You know, there is a black woman before the Senate right now right. Um, that is going to be confirmed. Right. Yep. Like, woo. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like that's it's, that's exhilarating. Um, so that's also happening um what else is also happening you know i I gave um i gave a speech recently to a bunch of kids from the ukraine um and they were like um like i gave it in person because i was like i need to just be safe but i need to be with y'all like i need to give like my black hippie magic in person uh, to kids from the ukraine i'm not gonna talk to you like i'm I'm gonna be there in washington with you and um one of the kids asked me they were just like so what's your hope for the future i was like i'm looking at it Mm like, do you believe the world can change? I was like, did my words inspire you? They're like, yeah. I was like, where are you from? Russia, Ukraine. I was like, then I just changed the world through my words. Right. So like, yes, I believe that. Right. So we've got to hold space for hope. Hope requires us to hold space for it when it seems the craziest to do so. You know, Mm -hmm. Obama talked about it a little bit in the audacity of hope, but I think, you know, that was just in his personal microcosmic life and the macrocosmic situation that we have now we got to hold space for hope because if we don't hold space for hope the alternative is assured mm.
1: yeah. um you mentioned uh speaking to these young people in person a lot yeah. of the the stuff that you do though is online yeah. people can people can take your classes mm-hmm. um virtually uh has that changed how you approach them how you how people receive you
2: How so? Yeah, beautiful question. So, I am, it taught me that the essence, so we miss hugs, we miss those sorts of things for sure, but our essence is not physical, it's spiritual.
0: Mm. Our essence
2: is energetic. Mm. And so, what I learned as a teacher um, is that in this dot here on my computer, I have to throw my heart through that dot. Right. And so like that means that my vulnerability, my choice of words, my cadence, um, the work, like the way that I weave all of this together is sometimes more important than me being in person with you. Right. So it's almost antithetical to think that I've built a yoga brand, a wellness brand in a pandemic through a computer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And when I was right, you know, like you did that. Yeah. Around the world. Like, so like I got recently accepted to be um, a featured speaker at a global conference at the intersection of social well-being and uh, social justice in Bilbao, Spain. Um, I presented to them via the computer. You know what I mean? So it showed me that your chops are more about what you offer than your person. Right. Mm. So being in person isn't necessarily the thing it's presence mm. your mm. presence is transcendent beyond physicality
0: i was going to ask you about the uh, that's the well-being summit yeah um, crazy right yeah for sure that that looks really cool. Are you going to Spain for that? Or oh. are you doing it remote? You're going yeah. to Spain? Amazing. Mm-hmm. What, can, what is that conference? And and can people get involved in it? Or is it in, by invitation? Or can you talk a little bit about that?
2: So uh, the Wellbeing Project is a nonprofit. Um, the, it's global um, in scope, where it seeks to offer basic practices and insights to global change makers um, on how to not burn themselves out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I became acquainted with them through Sharon Salzberg and Parker Palmer. Um, and last March, they asked me to come on and do a uh, the, the the stuff that I taught on Capitol Hill. And they were like, you were a hit because like so." And I say this mm-hmm. when I give speeches, either on, in, in person or on, via Zoom. I'm like, I'm going to preface my remarks by saying I'm a lot. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. 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 I'm kind of extra.
2: I like it. I
0: like the extra.
2: (laughs) It's extra in service to your inspiration. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I can sit here and go through PowerPoint, but you don't want to hear that right now. You're, you're worried about you. like You're worried about your issues. You're worried about your health. You're worried about your family. There's worry, 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 worry. I'm not going to bore you. My job is to speak to you in spirit and enliven you. And so what I did in that conference is y'all I just blew the doors off of the speech. Right. You know what I mean? And like it made such an impression on them. They're like, when we get together, we're going to invite you. And I was like, la, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever <laughs> you know what I mean, because that was twenty, twenty one you know what i mean we didn't even have vaccines then like they're readily available but as the world changed um the conference was announced and like i I looked at the speaker list recently and was just like i'm going with who you know what i mean so like (laughs) it's an
0: impressive list i looked through that too yeah Yeah. and and me (laughs) well you're you're a good company and you deserve to be there for sure
2: i appreciate that so Um, It's in person. Um, There are ways to be. So they also have um, and so for the activist community, it's important to know this, um, that they do have scholarships and and programs for well for activists to like merge well-being and social change. Because one of the things that I've been blessed to stumble into is our work is sacred. Hmm. And if our work is sacred, shouldn't we treat ourselves as sacred? Mm. And if we treat ourselves as sacred, then that means we don't run ourselves into the ground. That means that we see seek equanimity and balance, not just for ourselves but for our communities. So, you know, one of the things, and then I get in trouble for saying this, but I'm my own boss. So who cares? (laughs) um, The progressive purity test has got to go. Mm. Mm. Right? What What do we have? Like, rather than demonizing moderates, like. Our our imperfect system requires a governing majority and our governing majority means that we're not going to agree with everybody all the time. So what do we have in common with people that we can build upon as opposed to demonizing people where we disagree? Um, Because when we demonize people where we disagree, that only emboldens the people who don't hold our values. Right. So, you know, moderates may not want to go as fast as you want to go, but they don't want like a fascist takeover on an insurrection
0: right yeah you know, <laughs> we had we had governor Duvall patrick on last week and he ended with a, a great quote saying uh it's great that um there's so many people that are now woke the big question is will the woke hold space for those who are still waking that uh,
2: shout out to governor patrick for that <laughs> <laughs> for yeah real
0: yeah um I want to jump on your. Uh, sorry, Mariah. I want to. I had a good. I had an idea for a little switcheroo because we always ask the same last question. But um, you talked about your reasons for hope, uh, yeah. and and the kids a little bit earlier. So mm-hmm. I'm going to switch around to our last question and say: for those people who are not feeling a lot of hope right now and are struggling to find mm. hope in this world, what is your advice to them?
2: Hmm. My advice to them is, I hear you. Well, first of all, like, it is natural to feel that way. You know, one thing that happens in yoga communities, meditative communities, and even in the political world is like, suck it up, tough it up, get over it. No, don't get over it, right? Like, we aren't going to get over our problems. We're going to get through them together right mm-hmm. so i w- i would say don't get over it feel the feels you feel the feels for a reason like you know like your feelings are valid and in addition to your feelings what like feelings are not the sum total of the human experience right so what outside of your feelings what outside of your range of vision exists that you can be curious about you know what i mean so like rather than having a doom and gloom outlook is there a way to awaken curiosity? Mm. You know? So is there, so I uh, am speaking from my personal experience when we were organizing for the first impeachment of Donald Trump, everyone said that we were crazy <laughs> and you'll never do this. Like, there's no hope. There's no hope. There's no hope. And I'm like, but maybe there is, mm. you know? So like, that's like, th- that's the curiosity I'm talking about. So like, you know, in Buddhist practice, we call it beginner's mind. So what am I missing? What am I not seeing? You know, there is an inherent limitation to the sensory inputs that you have. So like having a, having a mindset of curiosity allows you to entertain other possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. So common knowledge is that black men will never go to school, graduate college, all these other things. I'm lucky in that I had a curious disposition was to say, yeah, so what if you're wrong though? Yeah right? So like, is there a way to be curious? So honor the feelings, but is there a way that you can be curious about what if there is hope? What if there is potential? Because I'm here to say, as long as we have breath and health, anything is possible.
1: And That's a perfect note to end on. Anything is possible. Thank you, Reggie Hubbard, founder of Active Peace Yoga. It's just, you've given us so much hope and uh, I, I just really
2: appreciate it and needed and needed to hear it. So thank you. Me too. Deep honor, thank you. A deep gratitude and shout out to swing left San Francisco um, for, they, they brought me on to talk to their activists a couple months ago. I um, saw that yeah. to, And so like, I, I live for that. Mm. So if I can impart hope and inspiration to grassroots folks, that's how I also know things can change.
1: great interview i am feeling hopeful one of the things i love about um this podcast in the way that steve you created the format of it and um even though the reasons for hope is kind of bounced around in that format we consistently (laughs) talk about it every week and i just i need that that is like having that intentional moment you know minutes to think about what i'm gonna what i'm gonna talk about i just really appreciate that and that's sort of what i think you know reggie's practice is is, yeah is all about
0: thank you yeah when he talks about being curious um and uh and i find that I, I I really like that about this show, too, because, um, you know, honestly, there's a lot of weeks when we sit down to record, and I'm like, What is my reason for yeah, hope? I don't know. Sometimes. I am I am not feeling it. And the, uh, you know, practice of looking for hope, of looking for something that's positive to take away from this week is uh, has been really important uh, to me. and I hope to our listeners as well. So, yeah,
1: I hope they're taking. A moment as they're listening to ours to, to think about their own.
0: Yeah. So I'll share mine. Uh, what I found for this week, um, which uh, was uh, close to home here in Los Angeles, starting in first grade, all L.A.U.S.D. That's the L.A. Uh, school district. Mm-hmm. All L.A.U.S.D. students will now get a college savings account. So this is a program that started last year for what was identified as higher need schools, and uh, it's called Opportunity LA. That's the program. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they have just expanded it to include all first graders enrolled at LAUSD schools. Amazing. Um, yeah. So, they, uh, so they're automatically enrolled in this free program, which gives them a college savings account with the $50 seed deposit um, starting at first grade. They can use funds from that for tuition, on-campus housing, books, college application, and testing fees, and all of that. So as of today, the program has opened 44,363 accounts on behalf of uh, these first graders, um, so it's the largest universal children's savings account program in the United States. It's it's very exciting. So many uh, kids who have the desire to go to college don't have the means and ability to do it, and this is uh, helping give them a head start there, and and uh, that gives me a lot of hope.
1: Well, just think about what it what it means to kids to from the from the age of 6 on they have something to look forward to and think about and say like oh there's something there's something out there for you past high school and you know no matter what you decide to to do we all know that stopping with the high school diploma in the workforce right now the way that we've set this up is is typically not enough so Um, going, you know, having that mindset that you're going to go past that, wow, then then that's huge.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. Even just the intentionality of from an early age, having a college fund that is growing and having that because so many um, who are the first to go to college in their families, you know, maybe aren't thinking that way, you know, aren't thinking about college. And this just puts that in their minds from a a very early age. So very, very Long time to think about it. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) My my reason for hope is is also school related. And it's the school librarians are really stepping up um, when it comes to this banned book thing. They've always, in many cases, been sort of uh they they're at the front line of figuring out what our kids can have access to and um, some of them have noticed books disappearing off their shelves before they can be banned and and what some of them have discovered is that school administrators in anticipation of parents being uncomfortable with some material are are pulling book titles and you know mm. some some librarians have been monitoring this and have stepped in and said wait 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 you know, having a book about being Muslim or being a black girl or being a gay boy. These are things that benefit students. So let's not remove them. Let's not remove them from the shelves, especially, um, you know, before they've even, you know, anybody's even had a chance to to push back against them. So um, for being our frontline eyes and ears right now, school librarians are giving me Reasons for hope.
0: I love that. And I love librarians true too. Oh, me too. Like shout out to I librarians. Love I heard this great pitch by the (laughs) at Lucy's um, college orientation by the librarian for they have an amazing library there. Um, And like why you should take advantage of a librarian. And uh, they said, uh, Google will get you 20,000 answers to your questions. Uh, A librarian will get you the right answer. Mm. So um, I like that shout out to our hero librarians
1: thanks for all you do thank you listeners for joining us today hopefully some of you are librarians (laughs) Uh, this is like a little venn diagram there this is how we win we win when we all get involved
0: We want to hear from you. We want to hear what's giving you hope this week. Share those with us. Send us an email at hello at howwewinpod.com or tweet to us at bluesboysteve and at Mariah underscore Craven. Make sure you
1: subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Every week, we really appreciate you being here with us. We're going to be back with some more next Wednesday.
1: See you then.